Hi, and welcome back to the Black Dog Cast. Now, about a year ago, I probably didn't really know much about the whole area of men's work and men's coaching. Now I know quite a lot because I'm actually enrolled in a uh, training course to become a men's work coach. But I think there's still an awful lot of people out there who don't know what men's work is. They don't know how it works and how it can benefit a lot of men out there. So to get into this in a bit more detail and answer some of these questions, my guest on this episode is Tim Neal. Now, Tim is a men's coach. He's actually one of the uh, one of the trainers on the program that I'm doing at the moment. And so we get into detail about everything to do with men's work, what's involved, what men's coaching looks like, how to know if it's right for you and what sort of benefits most men can get from this. We get into the detail, for example, on um, how to balance your own masculine and feminine energy and why maintaining a polarity if this is important in a healthy relationship. And then we also talk a little bit about how men's work relates to therapy and um, how it's different from therapy, but also how it can sort of coexist, you know, alongside different types of therapy as potentially a more, you know, accessible and scalable way for men to dip into a, a group and sort of, you know, share their problems, get support from fellow men for all of that good stuff. So, um, yeah, let's get to the podcast and meet Tim. All right, Tim, welcome to the podcast. Alex, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, so wh- where, where are you coming from today? Somewhere in Australia? Yeah, Melbourne. Melbourne, Australia. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I went there. I went there a long time ago. I did I, like typical like British thing, went to Australia after uni for six months, but it was mm. when the um, Sydney Olympics were on. And so I, I went to the Olympics and then I had some family in Melbourne and, and I really enjoyed Melbourne. It was, it was a lovely spot. Right on, man. Yeah, well, it's a great, it's a great city. Uh, it's mm-hmm. coming into our our winter here. So it's getting a little bit chilly, but yeah, I've lived off and on um, in Melbourne, travelled a lot and actually grew up grew up in Perth on the West uh-huh. Coast, but uh, settled here for now in Melbourne, lived here, yeah, like I said, off and on for over a decade. So yeah, it's yeah. a good place. Yeah, it's got a um, it's got a really good cycling scene in Melbourne. I don't, I don't know if you if you've encountered that, but there's a really big road cycling scene and a really good coffee scene, and you know, it's a, it's a good place to be a bike rider. Yeah, well, I'm on the I'm on the coffee scene, okay. cycling or riding myself, not so much. However, a good buddy of mine, he's also a fellow Brit. He uh, uh-huh. he loves it, and he tells me all about it too. So yeah, down yeah. there's a Bay Road which goes around the bay. Supposedly. Yeah, I've, I've 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 ridden I've ridden around there a little bit. I was just yeah. amazed at the packs of cyclists that are out Huge. on on a on a Saturday Sunday morning. Yeah, massive, yeah, massive. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, look, we're gonna we're gonna dig into the whole world of uh, of men's work and men's coaching. Um, I guess mm. the first question is just you know for somebody that doesn't know what on earth is men's work. Yeah. Right in. Right in the <laughs> flame. The beginning. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is men's work? It's a good question, and it's it can be really general, but to me, men's work is is men gathering and doing their deeper work, they do mm-hmm. deeper work and look like sharing, offering support and challenge, um, overcoming their, their own internal issues, challenges, struggles, um, and making making that a, a consistent sort of effort, like whether it's coaching or groups, that's what men's work is to me, like healing and growing as men and coming together in a container, as we call it, mm-hmm. a structured format to be able to do that work. Mm-hmm. And um, so, how'd you get into this? Yeah, well, you want the, <laughs> the short version or the longer version? Well, I don't know. We got we got we got some time. Maybe the middle. Maybe the medium version. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Mid- middle version. So I was I was into personal development. I remember as a about a ten year old, eight ten year old, I'd sit in the back of my my mum and dad's SUV or four drive, as we call it here, and I'd play these motivational tapes, and I'd be staring out the window just not thinking much of it. I was thinking, oh, I just don't, I don't want to listen to another dude talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was sinking in. And Hang on, this, this was your parents were playing these or you were playing yeah, them? Yeah. Your parents, parents were playing them. So that oh, was okay, sort of right. the personal development scene. Right. And then I grew up playing playing uh, sport. Um, mm-hmm. Cricket being one, you'd understand that being a fellow Brit, but, uh, mm-hmm. Brit, but rugby, especially rugby league. Okay. And 
everything was geared towards being an athlete. So I just started understanding as a young teenager that performance, you know, what that took. And part of it was personal, developing me personally, physically, mm-hmm. mainly at that age. So I just started gratitude journals and I heard bits and pieces around just being positive and whatnot. And I still believe in that stuff. I have different, yeah. different ways to approach it now. And that was my journey as a, as a teenager into the personal development world. Uh, and then just bit by bit, I transitioned out of being an athlete in the sort of, what is it, mid tw- early 20s actually, mid mm-hmm. to early 20s. And it already started in the personal development, um, in the fitness industry as a personal mm-hmm. trainer and, you know, speaker, mentor and, and coach and whatnot there. So it was a natural progression. Mm-hmm. But the whole time I was always looking at ways to improve, just performance-wise, as a lot of men do. How do I get better? How do I mm-hmm. improve everything in my life? And I started going on my journey. I read the books, lots of books. I did the core, different courses, you know, some big mentors of mine, the Tony Robbins. I was in the Tony Robbins world for many, many years, still am on some level. Um, mm-hmm. Dr. John D. Martini's been another great uh, mentor, Brendan Bouchard. So these big guys in the sort of personal development world, I was just learning from. Mm-hmm. And then I transitioned out of the fitness world into coaching because I wanted more freedom. I wanted to be able to live, live a, a lifestyle that's not getting up at, 5 a.m., you know, getting into the gym and staying to 9 p.m., uh, it was just wearing on me. So my partner and I at the time decided, no, we're, we're going we're gonna to move, transition. So I transitioned from being a personal trainer because my clients kept on talking to me about what's happening outside of the gym. It wasn't about yeah. the push-ups and the squats. It was about what's happening in their marriage or in their career or how they're feeling internally with anxiety or depression or, you know, just what was real for them. Mm-hmm. And I'd luckily had some really amazing coaching. I was struggling on a couple of fronts, one in the relationship I was in and also in business. I just wanted you know, to grow my business at the time in the fitness world. And I'd had some great coaching. I thought I could do this. I could help mm-hmm. people not just with their fitness but with how they're, what they're doing, what, what's happening internally. So I transitioned. I gave myself, I think it was six months back then, um, to transition from fitness into coaching. Mm-hmm. And then ever since then, that was 20, 2014, over a decade or coming up a decade. Um, this is what I've been doing. I've been coaching and traveling and enjoying life with struggle, with, with some struggle in there, don't, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then transition through different, I guess, you can call it niches, but just where I was drawn to in the coaching world. Yeah, Started with more health coaching because I was very familiar with that. And then it started going down more the mental health track, mm-hmm. you know, helping mindset, motivation, relationships, and then landed on men's coaching. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do now, men's coaching and uh, run men's groups. Yeah, cool. Do you, do you think that um, the whole sort of area of men's work and men's coaching seems to be um, – it's definitely becoming more popular and more talked about. I think it's still quite niche. Do you think it's, is this a, a sort of factor of, a, you know, people talk about a crisis of masculinity and, and the sort of um, issues that, that young men and boys especially go through now? Like, is, is, is that why we're talking about this? Because, because it's a big thing? Mm. Yeah, I think it is a big thing. I think I feel into, we all have our own struggles. And yes, there's the societal viewpoints on masculinity and young boys and even the femininity and, and young women as well. And, yeah. Um, and not even speaking to masculine and femininity as a gender. Yeah. It's a deeper dive, but as an, an energetic. Uh-huh. I think it's a big thing. I think, yes, the world is on some, on some level waking up in other ways, not so much. And this is just yeah. my personal opinion. But a lot of what I know about human behavior is, a lot of human behavior is driven by pain and especially mm-hmm. men, extreme pain. Like it has to take a lot for a guy generally to step in to get coaching and to get support because there's a part of us that no, I can sort this shit out myself. I can mm-hmm. fix it. Yeah. And that, what I've found can be really constricting. It wasn't until I started reaching out for support and started, started getting out of my own way and dropping my guard and just realizing, hey, you know what? 
I'm struggling here. Mm-hmm. Every every person, every human, man or woman, or however you identify, does, and it's okay to speak up and speak out. And I think that's where the modern man is different mm-hmm. than you know past generations and so many factors that contribute to that. But I do feel it's a big thing. I feel like it's gaining traction, and I'm very aware that I'm I can be in my own little bubble of this sort of men's world, men's coaching, yeah. you know, doing this podcast with you and and different programs and groups and working with guys who are ready and that's in in your own bubble thinking that you know you're in this bubble of guys who are who are all actively doing this work right and Mm. who are showing up and and wanting to go deep and talk about the stuff that's going on in their lives and and what you mean that that you sort of because you're in it all the time you're thinking that that that's how it is when in actual fact there's a shitload. Of, the majority of blokes out there are not doing this, are they? Right, and they on. probably should be. <laughs> well, you, you're spot on. Like, you know, the world, the reality, we create our own reality mm-hmm. in a way. So, you know, I'm one of five boys. So, I grew up playing rugby. One of five boys, very masculine orientated culture. Mm-hmm. And you know, my brothers. One thing I love, and I get along with them all beautifully, is that we just love and respect each other and really accept who we are. Mm-hmm. All, we're all so different. So, yes, that's what I mean. Like I'm in this bubble of it could it, I could easily see it as, oh, the, you know, all men are starting to wake up and starting to do this deeper work, but that's not the case. I think mm-hmm. last time I checked, it was only 3 to 5% of men actually deepen into men's work. And that's right. I thought that was a healthy figure, 3 to 5%. I'd say closer based on, you know, just my personal interactions. It's probably closer to 2 or 3%. Yeah. The guys who are ready and – and a big emphasis that, that I put on, you know, how I operate in the world and who I am is when people are ready, they're ready. We're only, we're never ready, just ready enough. But guys yeah. who are ready will step in, will we'll ask for the support, will, you know, join the program, will join the group, will reach out to the coach or, or the, the support structure. And for everyone and for everyone else, full acceptance. Mm-hmm. Like my brothers, you know, we're not all in this personal development, men's, group men's work scene i am the mm-hmm. other, my other brothers i love and respect them but they're not into it and that's okay and that's a really good mirror for me we had a yeah. beautiful family get together a couple of weeks back and first time in oh eight years or something that we all came wow. together and and it was just an honoring of like hey that's where they're at so in my ecosystem that's sort of the the little sort of snippet of what we're talking about on a global scale of like Mm-hmm. Not every man's into it, and that's okay. They're all on their own journey. And when I let go of the judgments of that, that just liberated me. It helped free me up to to do my deeper work at a new level yeah. and to help those guys who are ready. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned that, you know, guys sort of coming to this when they're ready, which brings up the question of how, how do you know if you're ready? And also, um, I mean, I, I think about this and I think, you know, I started doing this work in my 40s, right? And what would my life have been like if I'd done this work in my 20s? Yeah. Um, I guess you can't, you, can't, you can't force somebody to do this. They have to do it when they're ready, right? Of course. You know, the old adage, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Yeah. You know, we can try and drag people. And I gave up saving people and men a long time ago. It's not my job. Right. Uh, I'm not a saver. Mm-hmm. I can be an ear to listen. I can yeah. be present. I can even be a guide if they're open to that. But I'm not a, I'm not a hero or saviour here. And the short answer to, to that question is pain. I touched mm-hmm. on it earlier. When there's enough pain, people move. Now, does it, yeah. That's not the only driver though. Pleasure is the other one at the most basic level, pain and pleasure. You look at you know, the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. So often, you know, a mentor of mine, Peter Crone, talks into life will give you what you need to grow. He says it's slightly different, but that's that's sort of the the adage is life will, will call it what you will, universe, whatever you believe there, it will give yeah. you people, situations, circumstances and events to help you grow. And then mm-hmm. men's work and men's coaching is a vehicle for that that's spe- specifically for men. 
Mm-hmm. There's a different energy I've found that, that when men sit in circle, men sit together and they feel safe. Yeah. That's transmuted and transmitted. Then if it's, you know, if it's not in a men's work, if you're just with your buddies down the bar or the pub, it's a very different, different circumstance. And if you're sitting in a circle or a group or even with women, mm-hmm. I love women. And there's a different energy there. Mm-hmm. You know, I know for me, I'll speak of myself that I show up a lot more congruent now than I ever have because of this work with women, but there's also a different energy. Where in the past, there'd be this pleaser energy that I have to show up a certain way because I'd want to be attractive to them. Mm-hmm. Now it's less about what I need to be for them and more about who I need to be for myself. Which for a lot of men probably makes them more attractive. Uh, spot on. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think the other, the other part, in addition to, to sort of, you know, y- you're ready for this when you're ready. And, and quite often that involves some, some pain and suffering and, and, you know, could be a mental health crisis, whatever. Mm. Um, you also need to know that this sort of stuff exists, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I, Again, again, I think if even if I had known that this sort of stuff existed in my twenties, would I have been? Would I have like put two and two together and realized, you know, that it would be useful to go do it? Probably not, because I was probably still a bit of a dickhead. But you know, um, right? Exactly. Um, That's and and whether it's men's work or other forms of of self help, whether it's going to get therapy or whether it's um, Mm. you know and knowing that you need to take um, antidepressant medication or whatever, like a lot of this is just knowledge and getting it out there in the world and telling people and telling men, especially because they don't talk about this stuff. Like, Hey, here's, here's all this shit out there that might be able to help you. And so even if it doesn't, even if you don't need it right now, Mm. you might need it at some point. Right. Yeah. Um, You have to know the lake exists before you mm -hmm. go there. Right. And drink from it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and knowledge is the gateway to progress. Yeah. But we need to apply that. And that's, that comes back. Like, I was resistant to men's work, like most guys. Initially, a buddy, and buddy invited me along to a circle. I was like, oh, yeah, I know the, I've been in this sort of world of like personal development and growth. And yeah, yeah, I'll, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then one day, it's just like, what the fuck? Why not? Did know, it make go, you feel uncomfortable right at the very beginning when you, when you, when you first showed up? Like, how did that feel? Yeah, uncomfortable, man. Right, Sitting I know. There and talking <laughs> yeah. and absolutely like, oh, what's happening here? Oh, there was, it's the fear of the unknown. What actually mm-hmm. happens in a men's circle or a men's space? And yes, I was there with a, a good friend of mine. I trusted him. But it was still, it was uncomfortable. You know, I yeah. felt nervous. I felt anxious. What am I going to talk about? You know, am I going to you know, fit in? And that's that biological need to connect and want to fit in mm-hmm. so it was uncomfortable and how how long did it take to get over that still doing it no kidding um <laughs> <laughs> look it probably took probably took a good 18 months for me personally to really like deep wow. down to go okay. like but it was it was baby steps the first year yeah. i wasn't that committed I'd jump in if there was something you know really it was just driven by my pain like there's something that i really had to handle yeah. And there was something that was convenient. And then I'd go along to a men's group. Mm-hmm. And then after about a year, year and a half, I started realizing, wow, there's more to this than just solving problems. Mm-hmm. It's not just about solving problems and solutions, which is the ultimate masculine. It's about support. It's about challenge. It's about the ongoing, like a brotherhood can mm-hmm. give you and how that flows out into your life, into other relationships into mm-hmm. how you're showing up with integrity and being present to life and yourself. It's how you're showing up in your career or your mission or your purpose. And I started realizing this is what I've been missing in my life, this depth of trust of myself and other men was available to me if I kept on showing up and kept on doing my best, just doing mm-hmm. my best, that's it. And that's what I talk to men about every week. Yeah. It's just keep doing your best. That's all you can ever do. And doing your best yeah. can be one day just showing up and sitting there and being and listening. Another day maybe showing up and sharing your deepest fears. 
Another time it may be, you know, challenging a guy or offering a guy really empathetic and heartfelt feedback. So there's different ways that it shows up. But as long as the intentionality is there and your awareness builds over time, then men's groups, you know, men's coaching, men's spaces can be such a powerful and really valuable tool to grow as a man and to heal, heal the past. Yeah. Yeah. So for for somebody that that hasn't been exposed to this before, can you sort of explain a little bit about like what what does this look like in practice? Like if somebody, you know, if they find a men's group and they, you know, they're thinking about going along, like, well, I guess I've got two questions. First of all, in 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 your sphere of what you do, what does it look like? And then the mm-hmm. second part is if you look at the, you know, are there other different forms? what does the landscape of men's work look like? Yeah, appreciate the distinction. I'll start with the second is, yes, there are many different types of men's men's groups, let's call them. Uh, and I've been fortunate to do a lot of work there in the States but also here in Australia. Mm-hmm. And they're different. They're all different. So the landscape, it, it's really about, let's call it support. It's just yeah. it's support group. Now, some groups have a bit, bit more fire and heat is what we call it, where there's a bit mm-hmm. more challenge involved. And I personally like those groups. But what a good men's group, what I believe is, it's this combination of support and challenge. One, we could look at support as more the feminine energetic of that real openness and that real like, we have you, the empathizing, like you're heard, mm-hmm. you're seen, you're understood. And that was so healing for me and still is. That part of me, the feminine, like being nurtured, yeah. By like conscious, heartfelt, powerful men, like guys who I respect and fucking trust and, and love. Mm-hmm. So that support element. And then the other side of it is the challenge, is that fatherly love or the masculine within us. It's, hey, man, I see your greatness. I see where you can take more responsibility here. I see you stepping up and stepping in and sharing more of who you are in your world and challenging men. So they're the two sort of ingredients that – I look to to lead with in my groups. I'm fortunate mm-hmm. I get to lead many groups now on this this support and challenge and having a beautiful blend. Some guys, depending on their their history, their past, their wounds, their programming, and also their their reality and their circumstances in their world, mm-hmm. may need one or the other more. They may need, and generally, what I what I feel a great men's group is about is really connecting to the feminine first, helping guys understand their own emotions, helping guys understand thought and mm-hmm. let go of thought, all feminine sort of nuances. And that was a big part of my journey, especially emotionally, building and growing my emotional awareness and intelligence. But then also after that, if they're open and if they're ready to say, hey, are you open here for a growth mm-hmm. opportunity or for a challenge or a stretch as we call it? Mm-hmm. to really help guys grow. So one hand is the healing, the other is the growing and this interplay between both consistently and continuously. Yeah. And then, okay, so somebody shows up at the group and, and what happens? <laughs> <laughs> well, Linton, Linton, depends which group, but he, here's, yeah. here's the general state of affairs. You'll show up in a, a good group and I can't speak for all the groups. There's obviously thousands of men's groups and led in different ways by different different guys. Um, first, you've got to be a man. But secondly, once you self-identify as a man, usually there's some element of, of sharing, of course, mm-hmm. just sharing um, at different depths. Some some of it's just more like what's happening in someone's, in the light, in some groups are more just, more what I just surface level stuff. Hey, I did this today or this is what's happening in my life, which is important for context. But what I've found is the deeper we go, the more that we can grow and heal. Mm-hmm. And that takes courage. It takes vulnerability to let guys in, to just speak what's like your deepest truth. And that takes actually, it takes new learnings. You know, an example is this morning, how to, how to let a group. And, you know, the confidentiality is really important. So speaking of your own experience, not all the other brothers' experiences, mm-hmm. that's something most most men's groups or all good men's groups I've had will, will have some sort of some guidelines speaking of our own experiences, confidentiality, taking full responsibility, um, 
you know, we don't need to perform. Yeah. A lot of guys, including myself, come from like a performing background. I've got to perform and that's how I'm validated and, and through achievement and that's how I'm loved. A good men's group, you don't, there's no performance. You know, often guys will emote mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, through different emotions will come through. So good men's groups, everything will be honoured and accepted. Um, so that's sort of what happens is it, there's usually sharing. You know, a lot of the groups that I'm, I'm a part of and lead have practice, practice some sort of practice. And what I mean by that is breath work and or meditative work to mm-hmm. deepen, for us to deepen as men, to become more present, to expand, yeah. to sensitise, to strengthen, to regulate our nervous systems. Yeah. Because I believe in the somatic approach, not just the, not just the psychology approach. Um, and this this yeah. is um, I think a, a, a big challenge for a lot of men is is just knowing what's going on in their body, right? And I know this is one of the things that I've found the hardest probably of of getting into this space is when somebody says, "What are you feeling in your body? Like, what are you feeling? Where are you <laughs> feeling it? What emotions mm. that are behind that?" That's fucking hard to begin with, right? Right on. It is. I feel you there, man. S- I'm getting better at it, for sure. I can feel the progress, but I just think that that on its own, I think is super hard for most men just to connect, to get out of their head and to connect with what's going on in their body and then to be able to put words around it and describe what's going on in their body, right? Yeah, absolutely. That really lands because that's been my journey too. And when was it a couple of days ago I ran a group and every guy bar two there was only a smaller group probably 10 or so eight of the 10 guys struggled with what you're talking about mm-hmm. initially now a lot of the guys are more practiced now but like anything's like a skill right no different than playing a guitar right the first few times when you're learning it's hard getting your fingers and the calluses and just like learning but then after practice we get better feeling into our body which is known as the felt sense if we're not conditioned to do so is like anything it's a skill it takes yeah. practice and I'm, I'm really glad to hear that it's feeling better for you now already and it was the same journey for me that was revolutionary what we call a check-in mm-hmm. so a good men's group coming back to your original question we'll, we'll check in and it may be checking more on the surface on like what's happening, but it, but some men's groups and the ones that I'm a part of and lead, we check in with sensation and emotion, like what's happening in our bodies. Wow, I'm feeling this tension in my my lower back, and oh, this anger, this energy of anger, I feel that in my jaw or my chest. I'm feeling mm-hmm. sadness, feeling tired, but positive, negative, and neutral. I'm feeling this joy in my heart. I'm feeling what's real for you in your body. And that's moving energy, like you said, moving energy from your head down into your body. Because thought is a language of the mind, feeling is a language mm-hmm. of the body. Mm-hmm. And if we're just used to thought, 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 let's think more, let's think about this more, then that's what we're conditioning consistently. So a lot of the work that I've done is letting go, dropping awareness into the body, and then integrating integrating the masculine and feminine within our self, the energetic, so we can show up more fully as men. So we're more present, more peaceful, more calm, yeah. live more in integrity and create incredible results in our lives because that's what we're here for as well, our human experience. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot what I was going to say now. You, 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 you made me, uh, my mind, my mind go off somewhere. <laughs> yeah. um, well, well, here we go. We could feel into the body, Alex. Oh yeah. No, I was in my head, mate. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember now. Um, some people might, might sort of, um, listen to this and think, well, that's, you know, that's what we have friends for, right? Um, you know, if mm. we've got good close friends, that's what they're there for to, to, you know, talk about our problems. Do you find either yourself or from, um, people that you've coached that through doing this type of work, they take it away and then that changes the relationship that they have with their friends and, and, and their friendships become deeper? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I found that to be true in my life, that doing this type of work as a man just 
it spills over into all the areas of your life and especially relationships at whatever mm-hmm. level, you know, whether it be <clears throat> romantic or platonic or parenting or <clears throat> work colleagues. And one of the big fundamentals of men's work, and there's a few different sort of, I guess, topics or themes that are brought into a lot of the, a lot of the groups and circles, but one is presence. Mm-hmm. It's a big piece of what I feel men need in this world is a deeper presence. And when I mean that, I mean presence of self and part of what we spoke about that, what we call emotional sensing, checking, the checking with the body is yeah. becoming more present and deepening. And when we're deepening, we are, we are felt differently by others. There's an, a different energetic exchange. So that is like cause and effect. Mm-hmm. The relationship and the energy between the, those two people in that moment will change based on deepening for a man if he wants to be more in his masculine. If he doesn't want to be in his feminine, you don't want to deepen. You actually want to move and flow. Yeah. <clears throat> so it depends on what you need in each moment. And I, my rela- relationships have got so much more fulfilling and deeper since moving moving into getting serious about my men's work and now leading it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, on that point about you talked about whether somebody needs to deepen the masculine or the feminine side. They might they might be stronger in one or the other and need to work on one or the other. How, how mm. do you how do you figure that one out? How do you know that? Mm. Well, at our core, I believe in and. I'll give a resource here. A great resource is is a, a guy called David Data. Mm-hmm. I, I know you've heard of him, and, but if you're listening book, and you want yeah. to understand sort of the masculine and feminine at new levels, pick up some of David Data's work. D E I D A. Um, yeah, you know, I'll put a link to the book is the way of the superior man. Yeah, there are many years ago when when I was having my own, when I was getting coached and by my first coach, he mentioned this. And it just fascinated me, like, what's this masculine and feminine? And what am I? And how do I? And he put me onto this book. And the first time I, I read it, I was like, no, I don't really get it. <laughs> what is this? Like the language and really? Yeah, I had a similar experience. I think I got, I got like halfway through and put it down. I was like, nah. Right. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like what we spoke about, like when, when, when we're ready, we're ready. You know, you're ready for half of that book. At that time, I was ready taking a little bit of that information. Yeah. And over time, as I grew, I said, oh, maybe there's more to this. So the masculine just summit, we're talking about energies here, the energetic within, not so much about the gender. Now, generally, you know, 80 to 90% of guys, men, have got a more masculine nervous system mm-hmm. and women have the feminine. However, that's not always the case. And we have both, we have the, both the masculine and feminine within us. So a really great way if you're just completely new to this is, and you're curious on how do I find this out is through your behaviours is a good start. Like what are you driven towards? Are you driven towards like goals, direction, purpose, like when you're feeling really great within yourself, leadership? That is more the, the masculine energetic within us. Mm-hmm. Now on the flip side, if you're driven more towards sort of nurturing and flow and feeling sense then that's more the feminine mm-hmm. now we have both and what i believe in is integration of both with both being being equal or not, or so not like necessarily equal. being equal because we, we one is our core so we're going to feel better within that mm-hmm. but also not so much equal so it's not like a 50 50 it's yeah. more about what do i need when right so an example may be you know, in a conversation, maybe you're with your partner and you're having a conversation. If she's a feminine or he and you or I are now masculine, then we want to be leading that. And that's going to create a polarity between us yeah. and her and her feminine. So I need my masculine to step in, to lead, to take charge, to, to be direct in consideration of the feminine, not just yeah. my way or the highway. That's what's known as like a level one. Now on the flip side, if she's very directive, maybe she's you know got something happening at work and she really needs to be in her more masculine. That's a beautiful thing. A couple of things we may not need our masculine in that moment. We can drop more in our feminine, so mm-hmm. that creates a polarity. And this is just a play in a relational dynamic. 
Yeah. But even in your life, asking yourself, what, what do I need more now? I just need some, some nurturing. Here's an example from my life, man. When I'm feeling like emotional, there's my feminine crying out, like, feel me. So mm-hmm. I go and have a bath. I would have never done this years ago. I would have been like, screw that, man. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but now, and this is the integration of like, oh, wow, feeling really sad. I'm feeling really shameful. I've got fear. Okay, let me go and nurture that. And there's lots of different ways to do it. One is just sitting with it, checking in. That's nurturing the feminine within. I just mentioned a bath. I go and run a bath, beautiful. Hot, some candles, some candles. Light. You got it, man. Essential oils. I yeah. do all the feminine stuff. It's beautiful. See, I would have judged that in the past. Now yeah. I drop into it and I really feel that and it feels great because it nurtures my feminine. Yeah. And then I show up the next day in what I need. I'm more resourced. I'm more nurtured. So my feminine and the masculine, and this is what a big part of it, I feel deeper, deeper men's work and busting that old paradigm. Now, using some of that paradigm of, of masculinity, mm-hmm. but bringing it into what, ser- what serves the moment for myself or us as men and also those that we're in relation to and also something bigger than ourselves, whatever we want to call it. I'll just call it yeah. the universe or spirit. And that becomes the dance. Yeah. When you, when you talk about that, that sort of old way of doing things, you mean, you mean the, just the sort of traditional stereotype man where it's, I guess it would be like 100% towards the masculine energy and not recognizing the feminine energy at all. Yeah, good way to put yeah. it. Like a, without, it's an unconscious, but just, and that was set up, right? It was set up, you know, through society and through different, you know, events and whatnot in history, yeah. but also, and roles. But it's really just about, now I believe we all have a role to play, but not stuck in a role. Like, you or he has to do this, she has to do that. So that old sort of paradigm, and the world has already shifted that. We don't need to shift it. It's already, again, life will give you what what we need to grow and expand. And yeah. I believe that's already happening. And it's not about going so far the other way <clears throat> where what well, men lose their backbone. So Yeah, I, this is sort of nice guy syndrome, right? Exactly. Nice yeah. guy, the pleaser, you know, over-feminize and just lose their backbone and then have no strength, have no purpose. Mm-hmm. And how I teach this is strong spine, soft heart. Yeah. And that really lands, when I heard, when I created this, it really was what I was practicing and I do every day, this strong spine, but also a soft heart. So yeah. this is a great way to integrate both. Like, okay, my, my heart, my soft heart can be the feminine within and open, nurturing, caring, empathetic, compassionate, loving heart, but also it's there, it's supported by a strong spine, mm-hmm. a man of integrity, of purpose, of direction, of honouring my own needs, setting boundaries and feeling strong and centred. So the, the, the word to, to write down and underline is centred. How centred yeah. can I be in any moment, which can be sometimes moving more towards the feminine, sometimes moving more to the masculine, but also honouring my core of masculinity because I'm a masculine-driven guy. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. No, it, yeah, no, it makes, it makes sense. And it's, it's a fascinating way to think about it. Cause I guess I'd read Data's book. Um, one of the things I took from that, that I think was really important was the idea of, of maintaining that polarity in your relationship, right. And, mm-hmm. you know, within a marriage, for example, it's really important to have, to have a strong polarity, but in a lot, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people's situations, my own included, it's very easy to become far more equal, right. Yeah. And, 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 and being conscious of like, okay, well, how do I, how do I create more polarity, um, yeah. has been, has been new for me, but I, I guess thinking about it in the sense of just your own energy and like the, the times when you need to dial up, you know, the masculine or the feminine is, 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 is fascinating. Mm. Um, yeah. I like that little nuance you said a dial and it can be that simple and, I, I haven't experienced a relationship or know of a relationship that doesn't have what you depolarization. Yeah. It's just part of what happens between two, two it's just, partners. It's part, it's part of modern life as well, isn't it? I think yeah. modern, modern life throws so much shit at you that, that, that depolarizes um, yes. you both. 
so you you know you may be two years, five years, ten years, twenty years in, and there's no passion. Right? This is a mm-hmm. common dynamic, and it's because of depolarization. Yeah. So the question becomes: How do you turn turn the dial? And it's there are some there are some sort of fundamentals that work, and then there's the, the nuance of the relationship itself. But it's a really important thing to understand: is that if we want to. And it's by no means 100% always there. But if we want the attraction, if we want the passion consistently in our relationship, our, our relationships, mm-hmm. then we need to know, coming back to what we mentioned earlier, that knowledge. We need to understand this first. and then, But more importantly, we need to practice it. Yeah. And that's what I've worked so hard and continue to this day is to practice it and be an embodiment of this work, not just words. Yeah. And so, understanding. So putting, putting you on yeah. the spot there. What yeah. are the things that somebody could do in their relationship if they need to to dial up that polarity? Yeah. Well, first thing is understanding. Okay, am I what pole? Am I is my core? Is mm-hmm. it more the masculine or more the feminine? Now, I'll speak in generals here. Like I said, 90 percent of men, it's going to be more the masculine. Now, they may be depolarized based on a, a, a range of factors, so they may feel like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to lead. But in one mm-hmm. word, men, whenever I coach on this, is like a yes. And I've, I've, I've learned from my own experience, man, is to lead more. Like lead. Yeah. Do not allow her to keep leading because it puts her in the masculine. It emasculates the man generally and he has to fall into his feminine. Now, there may be a little polarity there because it is the opposites, but they're not in their core. So they'll feel, you'll feel deeply unfulfilled, empty, lost. Now, the, the byproduct of that usually is breakup, divorce. She doesn't feel safe. He doesn't feel free. She mm-hmm. doesn't feel connected because he's not leading. So for men, the number one rule is to lead. Now, you can't lead another if you don't lead yourself. Mm-hmm. So work on you. <laughs> Shameless plug, get into men's groups. <laughs> yeah, get into right. men's coaching. <laughs> like, that helps you lead yourself. So therefore you can show up more fully embodied as a man and lead the relationship and lead her. Now, leading, little asterisks, with consideration, with love and mm-hmm. care for her. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean being a nice guy and people pleasing and being a doormat and, and you know, walking on eggshells. No. That means here's what I want. Here's how we're going to go about it. How do you feel? Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's a great idea. Oh, no, it doesn't feel good. Okay, let's open the, the discussion up. Yeah. There's a different energy there. Does does that make sense? Do you feel that? Were you asking me or was that an example of what to say oh, to no, your I was asking heart. you this time, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it does totally. And it, and it kind of answers the, the, the question that, that comes to mind when you were talking about this. And, um, I, you know, w- what would somebody who was a, of a more feminist uh, point of view, they might react to somebody saying oh well men need to lead in a relationship they might take that the wrong way and think that it you know we're, we're there we're talking about those old traditional masculine values um that, that didn't take into account a, a woman's point of view and them being equal in the relationship right yeah yeah and i hear that and there's utmost empathy and respect for people's percep- perspectives and what i'd say is you've got to find what works for you and data again talks about level one, level two, level three. That level one mm-hmm. is about me. It's all about mm-hmm. us. It's all about the individual. It's egocentric. Level two is more that 50-50, that equality, which you were talking of. Yeah. That's okay. That's part of a dynamic. But what I'll share is what I found in my life and, and the guys that, and, and women over the years that I've worked with is staying that equality, that level two, 50-50, that we both, and we all, we all, we are equal, but we're different. We're different. We have different strengths. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been fulfilling. It becomes transactional. Polarity is de- there's no polarity. It's de- there's depolarization because we're the same. We're trying to be the same. Yeah. As opposed to look at a magnet. There's a negative and a positive. There's night and dark. There's inhale. There's exhale. So there's a polarity to life. So we've got to find that polarity. And that's where level three comes in. In taking oh, some of those roles. And then dropping them into a modern life and understanding that it's not just the role, it's the energy more, more so. 
yeah. and that in any given moment, the equality conversation isn't going to serve. But some of yeah, the time so, it does. So this, this could apply equally if a man was a stay-at-home dad and looked after the kids and did all the housework. It's about mm-hmm. energy, not about practical day-to-day roles, right? Yeah. The roles can can play with this. You play with it with the roles. But absolutely, the stay-at-home dad, he, yeah. could be, he could be seen to be in his feminine more of the day, looking after the kids and, and nurturing. And perhaps a woman is out there in, the, in, in her business, you know, more mm-hmm. linear, more directional, more purpose-driven, you know, making deals, making sales, aiming and firing at goals, which yeah. be more the masculine. Not a problem. That's beautiful in the, if that's going to work for the, the relationship and the family dynamic. My question would become what happens when they come into connection? Yeah. Is he a masculine guy or is he a, a feminine guy more at his core? And same question for her. And then when they come into connection, is there role reversal which could serve or not? Mm-hmm. So what often happens is there will be some role reversal in a connection. Yeah. And then a behavioral adaptation of that for men is being like a nice guy, being a pleaser. Yeah. yeah. Like we've spoken about. But, but it, again, to use that example, yeah. Um, could a relationship like that still have polarity if the guy was just more feminine and the woman was, had more of those masculine traits and they brought that into their intimate relationship? That could still be polarity in a sense and that could still work, right? Yeah, and what I've found is it's a good little, good way to look at it is depending on the core, like what the essence, what the energetic core of that person is, will dictate longevity of that. Right. So, so if, if somebody's she, going against their core, then it's yeah. not going to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he feels he will feel empty, and she will feel, and she will won't respect him over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because and and some of the time it's even hard to articulate, but it'll be more felt like, oh, I'm just unfulfilled or unhappy and she'll be like well he's got no balls like yeah. loses respect because i have to lead all the time i have to take the masculine pole because yeah. he and and again you know i'm a full fan of 100 percent responsibility mm-hmm. what's hers and his responsibilities to to this dynamic okay and let's start from that place so even yeah. though there's a, there could be a polarity what I found is the longevity of that connection won't be there because of they're living outside of their core, like consistently, and that gets tiring. It gets exhausting for both. Yeah, yeah. I guess this sort of brings up a, the the topic of whether do you think that people misinterpret men's work and and they think it's you know somehow associated with more toxic masculine movements, sort of red pill, you know, all that, getting into that dodgy area? Mm. Mm. It's a good question, man. Like, I'm just, to answer this, I'm going to track back a few years. How did I feel about it? Because I think that's without asking somebody who's outside the the bottle. We're sort of inside the bottle right now. Yeah. So I don't have that perspective. One, I didn't know too much about it, so the knowing is important. But once I did know, and this is actually some of the narrative that I hear is, oh, men's work is like, it's more, it's too feminine, which is leaning too much on the emotionality and the support, perhaps. Right. And letting guys sort of, you know, show up half-assed or not, not take charge in their life and tackle their goals and really go after what they want in life because of, you know, pain and wounding and trauma and programming. That's some of what I've heard and that's a big part of, for me personally, how I I like to go about the men's work is there's that element, like to speak again, of support and challenge. Mm -hmm. It's not just about getting in touch with our emotions and feeling and, oh, that's enough. Like that's a beautiful starting point. Then what are we actually going to do with that in the world? How are we going to move? Yeah. We're going to act, apply, execute, which is bringing in the challenge and the, and the masculine. Yeah. I'm not sure that answered the question, but it was great anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Ask the question again, if you like. No, it's just, just, I'm, I'm just curious how it does, how it does relate to the more toxic side of, you know, m- masculinity and certain men's communities. Um, 
and right, I, I forget think- what, like, you know, like incels and kind of um, that, that whole mm. really not very pleasant sort of men's community. Right. Yeah. Okay. So when men's, men's work and men's groups, there's a, there's a very strong structure, intentionality behind it. You know, okay, this is a, a place for things to evolve, right? To yeah. grow, to heal. Sometimes you don't know what you're getting yourself into, but you know it's a place of like development, let's call it, mm-hmm. where some of the toxicity that, that you know, is there in, in different workplaces that are dominant, uh, dominated by men, there's no container as we call it. It's, no, this is just what happens. It's work. The container's work, but sort of it's really flimsy. So then we act, so, and I used to do this, we act from our childhood wounds. Yeah. However that looks, the behaviours. So there's no actual container to sort of keep things in check and to grow. And that's where men's work is different and men's groups are different. Is yeah. when you pass that sort of boundary into a container that, hey, here are men who are willing to do their work, you automatically show up differently or you exit and you're not ready. It's like, oh, no, I'm not, this isn't for me. And create whatever yeah. story you want around that. Yeah, oh, It's too this, too much of this, it's too much of that. But I haven't found necessarily, I haven't found in men's circles and spaces and groups the toxicity at that level, anywhere near the level out in society. Why? Because the container is set. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Is yeah, that yeah, sort of no, 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 it, it, that, it to- totally makes sense. I mean, people are, yeah, if you're showing up at a group like that, you, you're, you know, you're of a certain mindset and motivation to do this work and you're either going to stick with it or you're going to leave because it's not for you, right? Yes. Um, yeah, there's no room for too much toxicity. And if there is any that enters into our spaces, we nip it in the butt. Do you, do you kick people out? Not first. That's not the first go-to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> first go-to is understanding. It's like what's really happening yeah. here. And then if it's a consistent behaviour uh, and it's and it's breaking guidelines or to the detriment mm-hmm. of the group and, and how that group is evolving, then absolutely the, the space isn't for them. Yeah. 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 Um, the um an, another question i have is is you know some of this work is getting very close to what people might do in therapy right mm. um and just you know how how do you approach that is there sort of is there a limit to where you can go with with men's work that that might release i don't know it might trigger somebody it might release too much trauma it might get you into a situation which is which needs therapy and not coaching yeah. and just how you manage that balance because it seems yeah. quite gray at times to me. It can be. And it's safety is number one, the yeah. safety of, of the individual and the, and, and the group. And depending on the, the level of experience and skill of the, the leadership of the group mm-hmm. will depend on where that line sort of ends, starts and ends. But it's true. Like anything, there's, this deeper work, um, and unless the leaders are, you know, a trauma specialist or a therapist or whatnot, then yeah, it can lead down that that path. And then it's, you know, duty of care to say, hey, this is this is moving too far down that path of yeah. referring out. Like, yeah. is there somebody you can see? And that's the duty of care and taking responsibility, and also a guideline that men men are aware that they're entering into a space and they take full responsibility for themselves, mm-hmm. their thoughts, their needs. So it's both sides, both sides. And it's an it's a important conversation though because men's work and group isn't for every man in every, in every minute. There's got to be yeah. there's gonna be some discernment. So what you're saying, it's kind of, it's almost on the man who's participating that he is accepting that risk almost that, that he might um, he might put some stuff out there that triggers him in in a serious way. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It's his responsibility, and that's why there are good there are guidelines in place. And then, if something does get triggered, then it's up to the leadership of that space to be able to deal with that and handle that. Yeah, you know, ideally, have have that man come back in to to what level of calmness he can, and then refer yeah. out if needed. Like this is yeah you know, too deep for this group or time or whatever it is. Um, you know, we had Does something that, come up in the in the group this morning, a childhood yeah. 
a childhood um, situation that myself in leadership heard it, saw it, and was like, no, this isn't the time to dig here. This is not yeah. what this space is about. A lot of the time just being witnessed and supported is more than enough for men mm-hmm. and on their own journey. So, Yeah. I mean, I think the the great thing with this is that it, it's it's a little bit like a stepping stone to therapy, right? And 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 in a way, it's more accessible. Um, it's in a group format, so it's more scalable. You you can, you know, um, more people could participate it. Um, it's most of the time it's probably a lot cheaper. Um, so it it I, I don't know. I I think it fills a, a really needed space um, that can help a lot of men who maybe don't need to go and go down the route of doing therapy. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm. I see it. I hear that. And I see it as sort of as a, a, a bedfellow for men with <laughs> the deeper therapeutic work of therapy and, and um, doing the past work. And everyone, again, everyone's at different skill levels and experience levels. And some of us are, are more trained in, in different skills within the coaching mm-hmm. world. But generally therapy will focus on the past and coaching will, will focus on the future. What right. I've done over the years is blending both, knowing where there's limitation and risk and referring yeah. out when needed, but yeah. also helping men, if they need to, go back and heal the past because we need to mm-hmm. reveal, to feel, to heal. And, again, groups and one-on-ones are very different. But the power of a group in a men's group, what I've found and what I'm a huge advocate of is the energy created by being witnessed, just being seen. Every single week, you know, what is it that you need from us today, brother, I'll say. And the first thing nine times out of ten that comes out of that man's mouth will be just sharing, just sharing Mm -hmm. this is, is really helpful. You know, just sharing it is the medicine, just speaking it out and being witnessed by men that I trust that aren't going to mm-hmm. judge me, they're not going to try and give me advice and solve the perceived problem. They're just going to be here. And that's yeah. nurturing our feminine. So just that alone, in in the energy of whatever it is, 5, 10, 20, 50, 100, 100 men, whatever it is, that's irreplaceable. Yeah. And for me... No, I don't believe that any amount of one-on-one coaching and or therapy or any other modality replaces that because it can't. It's just different. But they're both very, and I'm a huge advocate of therapy and counselling and different forms of of um, vehicles to heal and to grow yeah. as men and as people. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's um, you're absolutely right. There is something totally different between um, you know, sh- being vulnerable and sharing in front of a group of other men and being vulnerable in sharing in front of one, you know, expert, mm. I put expert in inverted commas, therapist mm. who might be a little aloof and, you know, and they're, to- they're totally different. They're both extremely valuable. And it's, you know, I had my, um, my psychiatric nurse on the podcast last week and we were talking all about, you know, antidepressants, mood stabilizers and, mm. and, and that whole subject. And um, these are all just tools in, in the arsenal, right? And and um, we might need to use all of them. We might need to pick and choose some of them. And and I think that's why this sort of thing is super important is just to educate people about what's out there. So, you know, if you know what a men's group is, you can go and investigate that and maybe that's all you need. And, you know, you do that and you might realize, oh, I actually need some therapy and then I need this specific type of therapy. And oh, then mm-hmm. I might need to go and take these drugs for a few months and... Um, a lot of it's just about educating people to what's out there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And everyone's on their journey at different stages. You know, some guys come into my world and they're happy with just dropping into a group and just that's the level that they're, they're needing and wanting and willing to, to be at. Other guys yeah. want to go deeper and that's where the one-on-one space is. They're like, oh, I want to really work on, you know, myself at a deeper level so we can go deeper in a one-on-one space, whether it's a coaching space or a therapy space. And the other beautiful thing about a group that I've found, and this happened this morning, was getting getting different feedback and angles of perspective from other men. Mm-hmm. You know, it was today's group was around um, building trust, 
And I just posed a question is what does trust mean to you? One of the brothers was sort of struggling with like, you know, what it even means to him. So then all of a sudden these guys wrote in, well, chatted and spoke into the space as well. And he had 10 different viewpoints on what trust is for him to bump yeah. off his own experience and go, wow, that, yeah, that really lands, that resonates, not so much that. So it's not just him and his stuff. He's not alone. And so often the number one thing is I'm not alone anymore. I'm not alone. And I grew up feeling alone, feeling abandoned, even though I was I had a beautiful family and I played sport, but just emotionally there was mm-hmm. no room for that. I didn't feel safe. So my wounding is oh, I've, I've been abandoned. So that's why mm-hmm. groups, men's groups especially, have been so healing for me because I know I'm, not, I'm no longer abandoned. I'm not alone. Yeah. And he's proof. I can sit in his space and share openly, be as vulnerable yeah. as I'm willing to be and feel fucking incredible from it and walk <laughs> away if I want with some game plan as well. Like yeah. what needs to happen next, if anything. What does um, what does Tony Robbins think about men's groups? Good question. <laughs> I haven't heard him speak directly to men's groups. Um, yeah. Over the years, a lot of the nuances are, are they're similar. Like I see, like a lot of Tony's. Like I've been to many of his events and I've, I've worked with him as well. Like in in a crewing capacity, helping mm-hmm. with his events, and I think he'd be. Here's my opinion, brother. I've, I don't know for sure. I've never heard him speak to men's groups especially, but I would feel it may be a tool, a tool like all this is. It's a beautiful tool that men can call upon if and when they feel like they're ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you, um, you, you've seen his film on Netflix, right? I have a few times, yeah. You, you, weren't, were you, you weren't working at that event, were you? I wasn't. I missed that event. Um but you've 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 been a, a a staff member on similar events, have you? I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty powerful stuff watching that film. It is, and it's even more powerful being at that event. Um, I can't speak highly enough for Tony's work and and just the contribution he's making in the world. And he's when you see him behind the scenes, it's incredible. Like his desire to serve and really he cares. Yes, mm-hmm. there's a massive commercial machine behind what he does too. Yeah, you know, including on like Guru Netflix and and all the all the sales and whatnot that they do, and that's a part of it to get his message out. But mm-hmm. you know, I've been grateful to be in that world for many for over a decade now, and um, the drive that he has just to support people, to serve people, and to really make a difference is second to none. Yeah, and I, really I think that, that definitely that definitely comes across in in that film you see behind the scenes of just how hard he pushes himself and and how hard he pushes himself like physically and. And that the the emotional physical toll, like when he comes off stage, like yeah. he's he's like it's not he's been all, yeah, yeah he's like left it all on stage, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, highly recommend an event if you haven't been to one. One day, one day we'll yeah. see. I got I got I got enough I got enough to do with this men's work, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's very different. That's a great, a great example. Like men's work, a lot of good men's work is deepening and being present and like breath and like coming deeply known masculine. Um, and also, you know, understanding emotionality in the feminine. But a lot of Tony, I'm sure you've seen like a lot of Tony's events is that like high energy. So it looks like a rock concert and that yeah. serves in a different way. But well, that really pushed me the first few times I went. This was uncomfortable, man. I don't want to jump, and, uh, jump up and down. I don't want to dance. I don't want to be... But it helped me grow. And yeah. there's a term in men's work, and I know you know it, it's called like your edge. Like, where's your edge? Mm-hmm. Like not jumping over the edge, full, but like just touch your edge. And for some, you know, for a lot of men, it's dancing. Like that was very uncomfortable for me. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm 100%. I'm there. Like that's... Yeah. Yeah, that's super uncomfortable. Because <laughs> the feminine is about dancing and movement. Yeah. Flow. So if we have a disconnected, disconnected, if we're disconnected from our feminine, we're going to find it hard to move in mm-hmm. like a, a dancing, flowing way. We can move and be structured. That's cool. Yeah. But it's very different. So there's a little sort of take on on uh, the difference between men's work and, you know, Tony Tony Robbins. There's a lot, but they're, yeah, both, yeah. they're both beautiful tools and, you know, uh, well, I'm uh, I'll, I am. Without I'll stick some links in the description if people want to go watch that um, that documentary and, yeah. and 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 see what his stuff's all about. And we'll put some more some links to some of the men's work resources. But um, 
yeah, look, this has been fascinating. I think it's um, there's so much more we could have talked about, and and it's a massive subject. I didn't even get to talk about archetypes. I wanted to talk about you know magicians and warriors and all that stuff. Maybe we'll right, do another yeah. one on that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. I really I love archetype work. I did um last year I actually ran a, a workshop around those archetypes, those masculine archetypes. Yeah, and, uh, it's just really powerful. So yeah, if the time and space happens for that, we create it. Then happy to come back and talk yeah, about yeah. that. For sure. All right. Well, thanks, Tim. You're so welcome, Alex. Thanks for having me. And thanks for listening for everyone out there. So that's it for this episode. Thanks again to Tim for coming on and uh, talking to us about men's work and men's coaching. If you are keen to learn more about it, then um, if you check out some of the links in the podcast description, you can find out more. I would also encourage you to share the podcast with anybody that you think might be interested. And if you have a moment, just head over to iTunes and give us a rating or a review. Again, it will help us to get the podcast out there to more people that might benefit from listening to this sort of thing. Thanks again and see you on the next episode.